0: Hello, everyone. My name is J.B. Hickson with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message from my studio beneath the sky, nestled in the tall timbers of Colorado. Thank you for joining us. It is Monday, June 12th, 2023. And what a show do we have for you today. We're calling this AI embodiment and a threat to humanity. I'll be bringing on my technology expert and friend and colleague Shane here in just a moment. We've had the privilege of having him on a few times before and always a great discussion, very knowledgeable and helpful as we try to navigate these very very rapidly changing times in the world of AI and technology, and I want to talk about embodiment in particular. It's something that's a new concept to me, at least the terminology, and uh, really fascinated by what's uh, rapidly developing there and how that might fit in uh, to Bible prophecy and what lies ahead. Uh, But I want to take a moment just to give you a couple quick announcements, and then we'll bring Shane on. First of all, we're here at the start of a new week, so uh, don't forget Prophecy Night tomorrow night. Uh, Tuesday night, we'll be talking more about uh, the stage being set and some of the current events that clearly indicate biblical prophecy is is really uh, getting set to explode right before our eyes. The next great event is the rapture, but all of the things that take place after the rapture are lining up, lining up and about to happen. So that's tomorrow night, we live stream at six o'clock or you can join us in person in the Denver Metro area at Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia. Wednesday, we've got Randy back on for World Events Update. Uh, special guest Mondo Gonzalez Thursday. We're going to talk about apostasia and the meaning of that word and how it relates to Bible prophecy from 2 Thessalonians 2. And then back by popular man on Friday is John Loeffler, formerly from Steel on Steel. I tell you, the conversation I had with him a couple weeks ago was one of the most fascinating hour and a halfs uh, I've had. I just I wished it could have gone on forever. Got great feedback on that. So we've invited him to come back on uh, this Friday. So, full week of interviews and Uh, discussions. uh, But we're going to kick it off with uh, one of my favorite subjects. It's the subject of the new book that I'm working on, uh, Spirit of the False Prophet, Hacking and Tracking Humanity, hopefully due out in October. But we want to talk about technology. So Shane, welcome back to the program. So glad uh, to have you. Thanks for taking time out.
1: Glad to be here.
0: So uh, let's just uh, start with kind of some of the things that are on your radar. Uh, You know, it's amazing. We almost need to have hourly updates with technology because things are uh, a, a rapidly evolving. Uh, you know that that fast. It really is. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we're going to talk about AI. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Chat GPT and how that relates to embodiment. But just give us a general sense of what uh, what you've been seeing here since we last talked. Well, one of the biggest things
1: that has caught my attention, uh, and and it's something that everybody knows is coming. If you look at this area is the job losses. Um, AI will cause some significant job losses over the coming years. Um, And unfortunately, those jobs will not be coming back. There's always this idea that when jobs are lost to some sort of innovation like this, um, that it's just a temporary blip. And when we start talking about subjects like AI, it is such a... Uh, a shift in what the technology does in that it truly replaces people. Not that, you know, we we haven't seen this before at some level, certainly the, the first industrial revolution, uh, there was technology, we don't think of it maybe as technology nowadays, but uh, there were inventions that replaced human labor. Um, what we're starting to see now is a real increase in those job losses. And I've also noticed in the uh, last few months that you know these articles have always been here, but a bigger push uh, as the news is starting to leak out about the job losses. That well, yeah, there's going to be job losses, but there's all these new jobs coming, um, and so so they're trying to downplay the risk of it, and and that's just not what the data is suggesting. I found some information online in the last uh, 10 days, maybe, 15 days tops, stating that uh, for the current month, out of the total number of jobs lost uh, this month so far, about 5% of them are due to AI, uh, which isn't a huge number. Everything's said and done. But the other piece of data that really had me concerned was that from the previous month to this month, uh, so far it looks like there's been about a 20% increase in the jobs lost to AI from one month to the next. And if that trend continues, and I don't don't see any reason why it shouldn't, um, that's gonna wind up, as, as we get into next year, being a significant number of people who are without a job due to AI.
0: Yeah, I and, mean, and they're
1: the, getting another job or, or small after right.
0: that. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the trajectory is the thing to keep your eye on. And, you know, it occurred to me as you were uh, giving us that data just now, you know, so much of Bible prophecy is is an attempt to see how the prophecies of Scripture might play out. What are some ways yes. that we could see these things happening? And of course, for years and years, going way back hundreds of years, you know, students of Scripture really... Couldn't conceptualize so much of Bible prophecy because it was just so far out there. But the closer we get to the return of the Lord, the more things are falling into place that we go, oh, yeah, I could see how that could happen, or I could see how that could happen, or this makes sense. And so, but with that caveat that, you know, we're always sort of speculating on how things could play out. It occurs to me that you know one of the one of the key roles of AI in the future, and one of the key things that it could be used to do, uh, to usher in, say for example, the demise of America. We we know for sure that the Luciferians have targeted America to to bring down America to get us out of the way before they usher in the new world order. Uh, it it might not just be the economy or some pandemic or some other type of thing. It could be literally job loss to where people even if the economy still kind of limps along, uh, you know, you know, uh, nationally individual families are really struggling to put food on the table because they don't have a job. I mean, how bad do you think this could get?
1: I believe it could be devastating um, and and likely will be devastating. Uh, I, I, I was a little bit uh, apprehensive on coming on today because I, I don't have any good news in this <laughs> area. Uh, it looks like it's going to be really ugly starting next year. Mm. Uh, we We will see a, an acceleration the rest of this year, and I think it's going to uh, be a, a major news story as we get into next year. and yeah. And it's not like I you know I lose my job doing whatever at this company. I might be able to get a job doing the same thing in another company that hasn't adopted AI and, and other forms of automation as much as the one I just lost my job at, but that's coming. So this is going to be a uh, a situation where we have masses of people who just fundamentally can't find viable work.
0: Yeah, I mean, more and more, it's becoming so crucial to you know, get your spiritual house in order. For believers who know the Lord Jesus, that means really walking by faith, having a strong, courageous faith in the Lord rather than in our circumstances, knowing that He's never seen the righteous forsaking or His children begging bread, knowing that He's going to provide for us one way or the other, that He's in control. For those who don't know the Lord, by the way, it's also important to get your spiritual house in order because at the rate things are changing, you know, we could see the rapture happen at any moment. I mean, we could always see it happen at any moment theologically, but just anecdotally now, we just feel like it. we're knocking on the door. And so if you're listening to this program and you've never trusted in Jesus Christ and Him alone for salvation, let me encourage you. Jesus Christ died for your sins. He rose from the dead. He's the only one who can give you that gift of eternal life. Trust in him today. Now, you know, talking about job loss, Shane. You know, I've been in ministry thirty-five years. In fact, it it that 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 thought struck me as I was looking at my wall across from my desk where I'm sitting now, talking to you on this uh, interview, and I realized the date of my uh, my. Uh, you know, license, ministry license. And I'm thinking, wow, I must be old. I've been in ministry 35, 36 years now. But, you know, all along, even though our journey's been unique, we've been in academics, we've been in, you know, uh, parachurch ministry. I've pastored several churches. We're now uh, running Not by Works Ministries and, and the teaching pastor as well. Um, I've always felt like my main job as a communicator of the word of God, a preacher, let's say, pretty good job security, right? Because long as I've got a voice, and I, you know, I can speak or write, I love to write, I ought to be able to, you know, make a living. But I saw this article uh, from June 10th, so that's what, Saturday, just a couple days ago, and it says, can a chatbot preach a good sermon? Hundreds attend church service generated by chat GPT, and it was out of Germany, and I'm sure you saw this story too. So, I mean, I think AI is coming for my job too, Shane.
1: It is coming for uh, white-collar jobs in a way we've never seen before. Used to, and we talk about robotics and automation and so forth. It's been what has been traditionally called blue-collar jobs uh, that were impacted. So, for example, assembly lines, um, you know, our uh, companies, um, you know, we would employ robots and that would displace some workers uh, in that process but what was not hit by and large were the white collar jobs, the office jobs. Um, and, and that is changing. And that's unfortunately uh, could include things like breaching. Um, it, um, it is stunning to me, but yeah, I believe it was in Germany where that occurred. Um, they are literally letting a large language model, teach them, try to edify them with the word of God. And and while it may produce a passable sermon, uh, it, it concerns me greatly what spiritual gambling is going on. You know, yeah. with, with that type of move, where we, you know, it's that form of godliness, but denying the power within. I think that's what we're seeing in cases like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, and there's been several other news items too that I think have caught my attention this week related to you know Ch- ChatGPT weaseling its way into arenas that you wouldn't have thought. I mean, there was the the New York lawyer who issued uh, testimony in a ca- in a legal case in a courtroom that turned out to be totally made up from ChatGPT and yeah. And uh, I can't remember it's been a while since I read the story, but as I recall, he didn't do it intentionally. He just thought he had come upon uh data that was you know, case you know files and precedent and so forth that was relevant to his case. And somehow he got caught and 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 that's I mean, that's pretty bad. And then, you know, toymaker Mattel has been using ai to 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 sort through large data sets um but it turns out it's you know, output was filled with. Huge, outright errors, hallucinations—they they, they yeah. called them. Um, so, and CNET, everybody's familiar with that uh, magazine. CNET is, is getting some some heat because they've you know had over seventy stories. It's now come out that were actually published using AI. Now you can see the temptation, right, of sure. business owners, corporations. It's all about the bottom line. So if I can produce my magazine without having to pay human writers and HR costs and Suda and Fuda and FICA and all the liabilities that come with that, uh, health insurance, uh, you know, why not? Uh, But, uh, you know, I think the problem is it's getting harder and harder to distinguish between them, um, you know, between reality and non-reality. But you're right. These are not just factory jobs. These are, you know, Jobs that n- traditionally, and by traditionally we mean you know last week, <laughs> uh, required you know human beings with analytical ability to 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 do things, not just moving boxes in a warehouse or turning bolts on an assembly line, but thought processes. Well, we yep. seem to have crossed that Rubicon, don't you think?
1: Absolutely, uh, we we are going to see um, significant. Forays of AI into jobs where we would never have thought it was there, going to be there. So, for example, on that lawyer, uh, and, and there's a lot of efforts out there to to bring AI to the legal field. Uh, and that that issue of hallucinations should make everybody a little bit um, worried about what what's coming from this. And just to make sure everybody's on on a uh, same page as far as what we mean by AI hallucinations is the ai will very convincingly give you an answer but that information is wrong it's mostly going to be right but there's going to be some data that's wrong in there and the interesting thing is the ai has no idea that it's wrong and but as people start trusting these ai systems implicitly at some point i'm sure that's coming then the issue of hallucinations will be very very troubling Earlier today, I saw an article, and it was discussing the number of students that, including college students, who are turning the chat GPT for tutoring, which mm-hmm. on the surface sounds like a good uh, uh, thing to do. But when you start looking at that risk of hallucinations, which, to be fair, is something that the, the leading AI companies are working to control, but... Um, but it, it's a real problem. So we have people who don't know these students. They're trying to learn. They're, they're being tutored by the AI system. If the AI hallucinates, then that hallucination, that misinformation, is going to be propagated amongst humans. And, and that's going to be a, a troubling thing. Also, going back to the, uh, the issue with the, uh, the large language model doing the sermon, But at church, that issue of hallucinations is very concerning to me. So, for example, in an academic setting, uh, a side project I've been been playing around with is to have a tutoring service for our students to where they could go 24 hours a day and ask a question. We would train the, the large language model on... Certain theological texts that that we believe are, are good options for uh, the AI to to uh, digest and to, and to be able to discuss with students, but that issue of hallucinations is such a big one to me that I've really moved that project to a back burner.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, so that's what we mean by hallucination is that the yeah. the AI is mis misinforming. Uh, I can't really say lying because that requires a moral compass and some type of consciousness, but uh, certainly producing false information and doesn't even know it thinks it's right. correct. So, you know, as we look at the end time, Scripture talks about in in, in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, First Timothy 4, 1 and 2. So, it's one thing to speak lies in hypocrisy. It's another thing to speak lies and not even know it. And then it Perpetuates because now you've got all these students regurgitating these lies. Now, of course, you know, we know that ever since the takeover of, of schooling in the early ni- uh, 1900s, uh, it's all been about propaganda, mind control, and, and just programming children to believe lies. And that's reaching new levels today with wokeism and, you know, the transgender movement and all that kind of stuff. But it's one thing for human beings to push an agenda and lie and misinform. It's another thing for us to rely on technology, which people generally think of technology as amoral, right? They think of technology as almost like math, a zero-sum game. It's either correct or it's not correct, right? And so it has a sort of a – you have a tendency to believe – technology you know computers don't lie right uh yeah. well you know used to they would say you know garbage in garbage out it's not the computer that's lying it's the guy who's programming it right well now here we have actual computers uh computers lying we're talking to Shane in my uh technology expert. If you're new to the Not Works Ministries podcast, and I know we picked up a lot of new listeners in the recent weeks. Uh, uh, Shane's resume is uh, stellar. I mean, he's uh, been all over the technology world as consultant in the in the computer and IT world and computer information systems world. He's in academia. He's a, he's a professor, educator. He's been involved in distance ed. Uh, and He's uh, uh, you know, an all-star NBA player. No, it just seems like you needed to tack something on. I mean, you've got what <laughs> else? Ha- what can't you do? That's the idea. But anyway, I've known Shane for many years, a d- dear friend, great uh, uh, scholar, and an expert on this. So I always love to get his his take. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this 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 Chat GPT. Talk to me about what we mean by. Embodiment and how that relates to the loss of jobs and the fact that we're seeing robots, for lack of a better word, come alive. Really,
1: yeah. So we we are uh, entering into a new phase to where, uh, while while robots in the workplace are nothing new, like we mentioned earlier, uh, there have been factories that have increasingly over the the decades. Uh, increase the level of automation they had for producing whatever the product is. But those uh, robots were were very specially tuned and designed for a function. They were not general purpose. But there are a number of companies, <clears throat> including uh, Tesla, that are coming out with human-looking, not, not like in a sci-fi sense, but have that basic humanoid shape robots that are able to walk and through the use of AI and specifically things like large language models, but also other types of AI for computer vision, we'll be able to walk around our offices, um, our homes, you know, wherever, uh, stores, restaurants, you name it, and be able to interact with the environment, with other people, and through uh, natural language ability, be able to not only understand what we say but then interact with you know whatever it is we we said question we ask them something like that and then respond back to us mm. and that text be turned into speech mm. and so we are going to see uh over the course of the next uh year um year and a half a a move towards there being robots autonomous robots and that's going to be that key difference autonomous robots in the workplace.
0: Yeah. So it, you, you can, you've always, not always, but in recent years it, with technological advancements, you've been able to program a m- robot, a mechanical robot, to do certain things, right? Uh, yes. You can buy a robot vacuum, a Roomba, and you yes. can train it, program it to vacuum your house without you holding on to a handle. But what we're talking about now is you. You go to the store, you buy a Roomba, you take it out of the box and you just say, clean my whole house up and you turn it loose and it cleans right away. It doesn't need to be trained. It doesn't need to know your floor plan. It doesn't need to know where your furniture is. It can discern that already on its own, not through programming, which is what you're doing. You're you're sending it on a path. When it bumps into a couch, it knows that, you know, it, it maps the room. In other words, yes. they, they don't need to map the room because they can make, autonomous decisions. I watched one display, um, where, you know, you told this, this embodied AI, uh, you know, we've got company coming for dinner, clean the house. And it was able to distinguish a piece of trash on the floor from a pillow or a pencil, uh, you know, and it, it knew to pick the trash up and put it in the garbage. It knew where the garbage was. So, Embodiment is a phrase that, I mean, we know the word, but in the in the AI world, it's basically, and and, and maybe you can clarify this, but it, my understanding is it's taking the large language model, chat GPT type uh, programs, putting them in a robot, and then now this robot can handle human language prompts, right? Uh, and you don't have to code it. You, anybody can walk up to it and say, do this. And, and then the, the next piece of the puzzle, which I think is coming very soon, uh, one to two months, is they're going to put uh, coverings, if you will, over these robots. So they don't look like, you know, something out of the Terminator or, you know, droids or something. They look like you and me. And, you know, I, I don't know. To me, that uh, that's a new threshold that I'm not sure we were ready for yet.
1: Yeah, so I, I think what we'll see as far as the appearance of those uh, commercially available robots in the, you know, next year, just to put a stake in the ground. Um, they'll have, of course, that humanoid shape, um, solid colors, maybe maybe up to two colors, um, but mostly smooth surfaces. And because you don't want certainly the, the Terminator look, you know, don't want anything scary. But we also still have an issue with making them look human. Uh, because they're just not quite right. So uh, academics have coined a phrase called uncanny valley. I'm sure you've heard of it. Mm -hmm. And it's this uh, reality that when we see something that looks human, but it's not, and we, as we get closer to it, as that valley, that distance between us and that, uh, that uh, human looking, uh, you know, robot or whatever, um, gets smaller, our uneasiness grows. So I think we're a little ways away from that. Even even these videos you'll see of uh, robotics competitions where they try to make the most realistic human-looking robot, um, there's always something a little weird about the uh, the robot. But if you if you hide, if it doesn't try to be human, we're very accepting of it, or we're much more accepting. It's probably a better way to put it. And um, that is, we are on the uh, the cusp of this. And and honestly. JB, three months ago, four months ago, um, I would not have thought this was something to be worried about right now. Um, I thought it was probably five, six, seven, eight, ten years away. But we will start seeing jobs being replaced. First, it's going to come as augmentation, but then job replacement uh, within a year.
0: Yeah, so you know what you're saying is if we see something that's a mechanical robot-looking thing, our expectations are that it's not human and it's it's obviously a machine. But if yeah. it's if it's looks like a human, but not quite like a human, that makes us very uneasy and we begin to kind of put up our defenses a little bit. Um, Absolutely. So what I see happening is the luciferians and of course I think our listeners know that you know my working premise and and this is something I've been writing and talking about for the last 17 years in earnest uh is that ultimately this is a task of the devil and his human co-conspirators to 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 you know usher in a one world system of satanic control and he's you know, marching us that direction. We know biblically we're headed towards a one world government. That's that's no question. It'll be ruled for seven years by the Antichrist, but ultimately by the King of Kings and Lord of Lords himself. But I believe the Bible teaches and history teaches there's a Luciferian conspiracy, uh, you know, marching us toward this this goal, the new world order. So in my view, the Luciferians are... They're kind of working both ends against the middle, because on the one hand, they're marginalizing humanity, destroying humanity, destroying gender. They're making, you know, making us they're poisoning us and making it seem like life doesn't matter. You've got the assisted suicide laws in Canada. Of course, you've got abortion, everything they're doing to just. In your face to God, the Almighty Creator, say humanity doesn't matter. It's just it's a useless breather. It's as you've all know, Harari has said it's uh, uh, redundant. We don't need so many humans. But then on the other end, you know they're working both ends and get the middle. On the other end, they're trying to create something that looks very human. And at some point, theirs are going to converge. And we're gonna have less human-looking humans and more human-looking robots. And you know, we're gonna have a tough time distinguishing them, aren't we?
1: Absolutely. And and with that, many of us are gonna be replaced.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: that's inevitable.
0: I wonder if the AI that replaces me will be dispensational. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's bad enough to be replaced, but if I get replaced right. by a, a reformed theologian or something, I'm really or a replacement theologian, man, I don't know if my heart can take it. So,
1: yeah, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But um, I don't think it'll be dispensational. But uh, yeah, I'll yeah, be very ecumenical.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So AI embodiment basically just means you know we're we're moving from mechanical, machine-driven, task-driven robots to robots that are embodied by large language model programs? Is that a fair way to say it?
1: That would be one of the AIs employed with that. So the large language model allows it to interact with us better. It allows the the robot and the AI to solve language-based problems. Uh, there'd be other, other types of AI employed for other functions. So for example, computer vision. So you have an AI, and these are going to be autonomous. It's going to be very different than anything we've seen in the past, in the real world at least, that um, uh, we're, we're robots from the workplace. Um, those are going to follow very controlled, scripted kinds of, of functions. So for example, I might have an AI, a, a robot in the workplace that delivers mail. Um, so it's going to follow a preset path and it's probably going to have some ability to detect, you know, objects, right? So if there's Bob standing in the, you know, in front of it, it's not going to ram into Bob, right? It's going to stop. It's going to go around do whatever, but it's a very narrow set of tasks it has. But with this new breed of, of of robots that is on our doorstep coupled with the advances uh, that have come together with with various AI systems, we will have autonomous, human-looking robots who are able to interact with us with the environment dynamically. And and so, for example, you know we're we're picking on the mailroom robot, right? The cart that goes around and does that. Well, you could um, have a, a AI robot that walks, you know, looks kind of like us, and it could not only bring me my mail but I could also ask it for a cup of coffee and it would go to the coffee bar and make me a cup of coffee and bring it to me. Mm. So, so we're getting into something that we've only had in science fiction work before.
0: Now, is what if it, what if it, I mean, is it to the point where it can get to know you? Like, you know, one of the things the transhumanists are talking about is how, you know, this technology can know you better than you know yourself. No, no You've all know a Harari is talking about that all the time. So is Do you envision a scenario where you say, hey, bring me another ream of paper? Uh, well, that's kind of an obsolete illustration because paper is kind of obsolete. But, you know, bring me something, bring me a thumb drive from the supply closet. And without you even asking, it also of its own accord stops and brings you a coffee because it has learned that you like coffee and you might like it. Absolutely. Wow. Um,
1: depending on the architectures employed, there are certainly technology choices that would have to be made, but it's it's pretty easy to to see where that office AI robot would learn that at you know 10, 15 every day I like a cup of coffee. Hmm. And and then preemptively show up at my cube or my office, however my my seating works at that company with a coffee. Hmm. Um and and doing that for others. Um, you know, so it would be able to learn these routines office wow. wide.
0: I mean, I mean, i I can't even get my kids to, you know, empty the trash or load the dishwasher. And, you know, here we've got AI. Uh, maybe that's the solution. I mean, maybe there's an upside to this. I don't know. Um, here's an article I saw in Fortune magazine. This is from about a week ago, nine days ago, June third. A Harvard professor taps AI to help teach the world's most popular online computer class. Now this yeah. goes to what you were saying a moment ago about you know AI and its hallucination and teaching kids and AI doesn't even know that it's wrong the kids of course don't know that it's wrong so you've got lies upon lies perpetuating lies. So does it does it concern you at all that you've got Harvard at least in the world's view considered a very you know a prestigious school Uh, tapping AI to teach other, to teach students about technology?
1: Possibly. Um, I haven't seen how they've employed that. The course you're talking about is called CS50. Um, And that is the, uh, you know, like you said, it is the most famous introduction to computer course there is in the world. And um, so depending on what they're doing with it, Maybe it's not a big deal, but if it's uh, flat out just teaching, um, at some point there's going to be an issue. It's it's going to give bad information. Yeah, which is not to say that humans can't give bad information. Uh, oh. You know, you and I both uh, have been in the classroom, and and uh, you know, I know I've given bad information in the classroom. <laughs> um, the, the difference is 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 um, I'm able to reflect on it later and recognize that error whereas when an ai hallucinates it doesn't because it's presenting that information based upon the statistical probability of of, of words following one another yeah that's how something like chat gpt builds its responses
0: yeah i mean i don't have to worry about uh what happens when I give bad information or recognizing and and, and realizing it when I've done it, because I'll get 50 emails from the Not That yeah. Works <laughs> family that says, hey, you know, you said this and you said that. So uh, I, I'm actually thankful for that. We've got a great audience. Uh, I get so few, you know, bad e- emails every now and then, but uh, that's all right. You know, the vast majority are encouraging. Um, so uh, here's an article from uh, Fox News. This is, uh, oh, I don't remember when this was, June 8th. But this brings up another another whole realm that you know, AI is being employed now in counseling sessions and yes. for counseling services, suicide hotlines and things. And this article explores that the problem of, you know, dangerous flaws that could that could really result in major health crises, right? I mean, yes. like you just said, it's 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 one thing for a professor to to give to, to make a mistake, you know uh it's one thing for a doctor to make a mistake certainly you know doctor mistakes are a huge cause of death in hospitals all across the uh, country but how can you control if you turn that over to ai how can it just seems like you know you're now completely at the mercy of of ai they could they could destroy a whole wing of the hospital if they want it
1: sure yeah that that's one of the the, the big questions with the uh, ongoing deployment of AI. At some point, we're going to have AI systems making these life and death kind of decisions, and they're going to get it wrong. And then, of course, there's going to be the lawsuits that follow that. So we're going to have to see how this plays out in the courts, but those those problems are coming, and those problems are coming, and those lawsuits are coming.
0: Yeah. Um... And and then let's talk about AI in in the military. Um, I, I wrote an article last week called "AI Weapons Are No Match for God," in which I talked about the the widely reported incident of the U.S. Air Force conducting a simulation with an AI enabled drone, where the drone turned on the operator and destroyed the you know the the uh, tower and everything. Uh, and then you know how Lindsay just wrote an article. Um, for Harbinger's Daily, or at least I saw it in Harbinger's Daily, uh, where, you know, he's talking about how any military that does not embrace artificial intelligence will fall hopelessly behind. Are we fighting wars now with, you know, people sitting in cubicles with joysticks and and, and everything on the front lines is just technology? Is that what we've come to?
1: Well, Right now, when you look at warfare um, that we know of, I always want to leave a little bit of wiggle room in there because we don't know everything that the government has. But when you start thinking about drones, that is controlled by a human. Mm -hmm. The the difference right now, and it's kind of related to that embodiment question, um, the AIs are going into things like drones, and it's not being controlled by somebody Located in the southwest United States, sitting in a uh, a little room, um, it is an autonomous fighting, you know, system, mm-hmm. and and that we've not
0: seen before. So, for those who are advocates of this, they would argue that w- human operators of drones make mistakes. You know, we've heard you know drones bombing wedding parties and children's hospitals and whatever uh, by accident. Uh, they would argue that we have the technology to make those types of human errors far less uh, you know, likely. And they would say, sure, AI make, might make a mistake, but it's going to be, it's a matter of degree, less mistakes. Uh, I think while that argument sounds good on face value, what they're missing is, you know, what we don't know. We don't know like this simulation the Air Force just ran why exactly how an AI is going to react to certain stimuli that we didn't foresee.
1: Absolutely. You know, on the, when it comes to these accidents with AI systems that can kill um, I had heard a story maybe close to 20 years ago of a, you know, we could call it an AI system, not certainly not what we have today, but it was a machine gun nest. Of of sorts, and it was deployed uh, near the um, the border between South and North Korea. And sorry, they're letting the dogs out. Let me let me back up
0: for a second. I apologize. No, no worries. Yep, this is raw, unedited. And and uh, yeah. now, if you'd have said it, you know, I got to let the cat out, I might have had to end the program instantly.
1: Yeah. yeah By the no, way, speaking no.
0: speaking of hateful email. I made a joke. Everybody knows I, I'd i love to pick on cats. I, we used to have cats, actually, but I, it's just kind of a running joke in 30 years of ministry. But I made, I showed a bumper sticker that my daughter had taken a picture of uh, when she was out driving around one time that showed a guy that was said something like, you know, powered by Satan, but it also said cat lover on it. And I said, ah, there, that explains yeah, it. You know, someone, the someone actually emailed me and accused me of suggesting that all cat lovers are Satanists. And, and then he went so far as to suggest that I might be engaging in animal cruelty because I hate cats so much. It's like, come on. People just don't understand uh, humor these days. But I, for the record, I do not think all p- people that like cats are Satanists. And for the record, I would never harm an animal. So I just wanted to put that out there.
1: <laughs> so so maybe, so maybe 20 years ago, um, I heard a story about a uh, autonomous uh, system, a machine gun system that was deployed at the border between North and South Korea. And it malfunctioned. It behaved in a way they didn't expect and ended up killing a number of people. Um, you know, I could never get any sort of official confirmation of that, but it was reported and, and I could see that one uh, having occurred. It wasn't so far advanced from a technology standpoint that I didn't think it was realistic. So my gut feeling is we've had a number of um, of malfunctions or or just you know some kind of unexpected behavior of military AI systems, and there's uh, every reason to be concerned about that. Um, and and I know this is going to start to sound like uh, the the plot from Terminator, which you know, which came up a little bit earlier. But um, what if the AI's values and these in these autonomous weapon systems are not aligned with ours? And this is this is the alignment problem in AI. Um, will it turn on us?
0: Yeah. Well, I- as you know, in the AI world, there are uh, three the three H's that AI experts uh, you know are kind of talking about at the seminars and, and and meetings that you know that are happening globally to kind of figure out how to get ahead of this AI, which they're not going to be able to. I mean, the the, the cat's already out of the bag there it's it's going to be hard to rein it in. But they talk about, you know they the AI needs to be honest, helpful, and harmless, right? Well, sure. the problem is those are all somewhat subjective criteria, right? One what's harmless to one person might not be harmless to another. What's honest in one person's you know ethic might not be honest in another. Uh, helpful depends on what you're, you know, if you're the Luciferians, it might be helpful to see more human beings killed. So, Hey, AI is very helpful in that regard. So I just don't think, especially with a secular worldview, um, you know, trying to impose those kinds of standards are going to, uh, uh you know, to help much. What do you think? Have you, have you looked into that at all?
1: Yeah, they, there's a number of companies Like, I think of, uh, what is it? Anthropic that is working very hard, um, on coming up with a large language model that is safe um it it won't give out bad information and those are great goals to have um so so we will see a push towards ai safety um that that is is, is on everybody's tongues right and that's going to be that thing that distinguishes one product from another is how quote safe it is but um what happens though, once I believe whatever product, okay, so let's just say it's it's ChatGPT um, is now safe and that I can trust it. Then as either A, the training data or other programming uh, skews the responses into something that's not so safe, not so helpful, or um, there's an influence from fallen spirits, unclean spirits. On this technology, uh, we could wind up in a in a really bad place because we're trusting this. We've we've let our guard down with this technology, and at some point, won't know what to believe.
0: Yeah, I think you're exactly right. That that, that it's a boiling us in the kettle and and conditioning us to think. Don't worry you know, the government's on the job, we're going to make sure this is safe. And, and, you know, so on the one hand, it's rapidly advancing, it's becoming a part of every aspect of our life, it's intertwined in everything we interact with every day. And at the same time, they're sort of saying, we recognize the inherent dangers of this, but don't worry, we're on it, we're going to figure it out. And it's it's no different than, you know, the government putting together a committee to, to come up with a, a vaccine for a virus that they never had one in twenty. 22, 23 years, and all of a sudden, you know, don't worry, we'll figure this out. And within a few months, they come up with this experimental gene-altering bioinjection, which now proves to be deadly. Uh, That's a fact not in dispute. I saw a study that was done just yesterday uh, that shows that uh, in this very scientific peer-reviewed study, uh, you know, people that had had multiple COVID boosters were significantly higher at risk for catching COVID than those who never had any. I mean, it's just unreal. So it is sort of, that's what I kind of was getting at with the three H's. It's like, that only means something to me if the people trying to make sure that it's harmless, helpful, and honest have the same biblical worldview that I do. Otherwise, uh, you know, uh, so what, you know? Yeah.
1: The, um, and, and, and here's, here's what I expect to happen. I think at first, these AI systems uh, will do a good job of being harmless and helpful. Um, but at some point, again, after our guard is down, that's the part I'm worried about. Initially, mm-hmm. there's gonna be some skepticism. Uh, there'll be a period where people are amazed by the technology, um, that they will start employing it, trying to figure out how, how to make it useful, uh, helpful for themselves um and then after you get there then i think uh human nature uh our our guard will drop we will accept this we will uh, we'll probably personify it somewhat yeah and and then that's where again i'm i'm worried about the risk uh, will we even be able to recognize some of these problems before it's too late
0: yeah Yeah, we're talking with uh, technology expert Shane about AI embodiment and the threat to uh, humanity. Another sort of whole side of this that we really haven't touched on in today's program is AI and the government. I I saw one article that Microsoft is now letting uh, the Azure Government Cloud Computing Service use open AI AI models, including uh, chat GPT-4, uh, and so there are all kinds of applications. They could sort through mountains of paperwork. They could summarize field reports. So, you know, the government, which, you know, some of us have already been suspect to, you know, really the, who's pulling the strings of government, the, the Luciferians inside the Beltway. Now they're kind of getting into the AI thing. I mean, overtly, we understand behind the scenes that government agencies and military and so forth have been toying with this type of technology, typically one to two decades before it makes the mainstream. But now they're just basically saying that some of the everyday functions of government are gonna be handed over to AI. Do you see any problems with that?
1: Well, absolutely. Um, I I think probably the first area that most people at, you know, from a federal level, at least. I don't know what's going to happen at all, very state levels. But so, for example, as we come into tax time in a, in a year or two, I don't think it's going to be, uh, uh, you know, within the next year necessarily, but uh, a couple of years out, um, when I go to pay my taxes and I go to the IRS website, I'm going to be interacting with some sort of AI customer service chatbot kind of uh, functionality and again, you know, I'll, I'll find it to be helpful, um, and then I'll again, I'll, I'll, I'll trust it, right? And my guard's going to drop. Um, but think about for that chatbot to actually do customer service, how much information about me it has to have access to, and then what could be done with that information. Uh, mm-hmm. This is this is going to be a privacy concern, unlike anything we've seen before.
0: Now, I subscribe to a few, you know, uh, email uh, alerts and newsletters that are related to this field, because I think some of them you've even recommended that may be where I got turned on to them, but I'm working, I'm I'm researching for my new book. And so I got one this morning that came through at 6.07 that talks about a leak on uh, about some of the coming soon coming chat GPT uh, features I think it was a re- on Reddit that this was leaked out. But one of the things that, if I'm understanding, that they're hoping to do very soon with, with the latest update to ChatGPT is you know have it be able to remember your own profile and remember who you are. And I, I couldn't help but thinking, if I'm understanding that right, how that relates to sort of you know, earlier versions of technology where, You know the whole the whole zero security concept in, in in technology, where every time I go to log on to any of my services, I've got to tell them my favorite color, you know, my what I had for dinner 3 weeks ago, what my cousin's, you know, aunt's n- name is, what my, you know, first car that I ever had, my 3rd grade teacher, that kind of stuff. And I've thought all along that all that is is just data harvesting to put into our bit bucket so that they could mimic us. And to me that's a real problem and I just I feel like if AI now kind of mimics my profile, is that what they're talking about doing? That could be a problem.
1: Absolutely. That, that, that's why I was saying earlier, the privacy concerns are going to just be exponential. Um, we, we will, especially as these AI systems, end up exchanging information with one another. Uh, currently, there's, there's not uh, much to that, but it's going to change over time. And so then these AI systems will be able to study us in ways. Um, so, for example, how I interact with that, what I believe is a coming change to the IRS's website. What if that is then shared with other AIs and they get a better, a more full 360 kind of view of somebody, and they can study us. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, um, I can easily foresee a time when there's kind of a version of, of um, you know Pavlov's dogs <laughs> going on, where there's a stimulus response, stimulus response. And they'll be able to train us over time.
0: Yeah, social media has already been doing that. I talked about that recently in a message. TikTok, you know, was was tracking your eye movements to see which dopamine hits worked and which didn't, and then giving you more of that. I mean, that's just spooky stuff. And it wasn't just TikTok, by the way. Um, Well, I know we're we're over time, but I I did want to close the loop on the security thing before we wrap up for today. And and obviously, we're going to have to have you back on again very soon just because... Uh, I mean, there's so much happening and, and my brain is swimming right now with a combination of concerns and questions, you know, but uh, I've really been uh, burdened about the whole security thing and this zero security concept in cybersecurity they claim that it's for our own good to prevent identity theft and someone else accessing our information. But I am convinced that ultimately, based on what I hear the Luciferians and the transhumanists out there saying, the Klaus Schwab's and you all know Harari's, ultimately, it's because they're not going to even trust us. We're going to have to prove not only who we are, right? So, So one of the He and I'm talking, you know, preaching to the choir. Obviously, you're not only preaching to the choir, but I'm preaching like to the maestro because I mean, this is your field. But one of the things that you hear a lot about in security is this triple level you know, you got to have something you are, that's biometrics, something you have, some kind of a token or key, and something you know, some type of password or something that you remember. So, something you are, something you have, something you know. Well, you know, at some point, although that sounds good, triple layer of security they're going to be able to lock us out of our own information intentionally. It happens all the time now. I can't remember, you know, my third grade teacher or whatever. I just, I just wanted to check my balance on my bank account and it takes me 30 minutes to break through my own security. But at some point, they're going to lock you out because you use too much carbon. You posted something they deemed hateful on social media. You're not meeting the new standards of the global government and this technology that they're, Claiming is for our own good to protect us from, you know, cyber attacks and to protect someone from stealing our identity. I think ultimately it's going to be used against us.
1: You bet, absolutely, it will. So when you think about the move over the past, you know, fifteen years to the cloud, right? Um, you know, we're 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 at a place to where so much of our data is not under our control. Right? It's it's under the control of Google, of Microsoft, of Apple, of, of whoever. And um, all of that will eventually come together um, to where there's an AI system that will have a really good idea of what makes me tick and what makes you tick. And not only just in a general sense, but they'll be able to, through through big data, through this constant analysis of everything we do, um, you know, what time of day I'm likely to feel certain ways. Mm. And if you know that at a certain time of day, this is going to be my emotional state, that's a place for you to try to go and manipulate me, right? My my defenses might be really weak at, say, 2 p.m. in the afternoon. So maybe then you change my news feeds that I'm seeing Mm. and (laughs) work them in a way that exploits this uh, state that I'm in that you've been able to uh, infer through studying me watching data me handing over data mm. things of that nature that that's definitely coming
0: wow i'm telling you what it's uh come lord jesus because they are they're they're coming at us from all directions no no question about it uh, shane i'm so grateful for your expertise and your time uh and especially because i know you know the lord you love the lord and you you know you've got a great family and and uh you know work um, you, you know work for the lord's work so um anything else that you want to add before we wrap up
1: keep keep an eye on the uh, uh, the the autonomous robots in the workplace uh we we're going to see a, an explosion of this next year and you know some of it's going to be great uh you know i have a daughter who's going into nursing and so having a a robot that can come alongside and help the nurse with certain aspects of patient care, such as maybe lifting somebody, turning a patient, that's a good thing. So many nurses get injured each year doing it. Um, so there's going to be some great things like that 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 come from it. Uh, but um, you know, again, the job loss, um, and and what's going to happen is again that person who's displaced because they, I'm just going to pick on the mailroom since we've been talking about that today. Who's the mailroom clerk? Will not be able to get another job uh, that that uses those kind of skill sets because robots will do it. Absolutely. And, yeah. and so I think we're we're coming into uh, two things: one, significant uh, and very durable unemployment, in that when I lose my job, odds of me getting another job are are not good. Uh, some will, but it's going to be a, a small percentage of the people that lose their jobs to it. And then also universal basic income Um, because I can't get a job. That'll be the new welfare that takes over. And then we'll have a situation to where they truly, truly control you. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not just, you know, your access to certain services, but even how much money you get.
0: Yeah, it's all about, you know, the it's the perfect storm. And you know, so many times we we try to interpret, you know, news items and give commentary on all of these negative developments that we see happening in the new world order. And I and and sometimes I stop and realize, you know, we don't even know the half of it. We have no idea. They're so far ahead of us sometimes in in, in connecting these dots and planning things. I think the perfect storm is coming of of economic crisis, job crisis, housing crisis. Um, you name it, and uh, it's just a matter of when they decide to 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 really push it. Uh, they're still still getting their things in order to roll out the one world system. Uh, but when they're ready, it'll happen, and it'll happen fast. But uh, you know, I want to remind our listeners that uh, we we really do believe the Word of God and the promises of God, and the same passages in the Book of First John that talk about the spirit of the Antichrist that is already at work in the world, that's kind of the premise of my two-volume set, uh, Spirit of the Antichrist books. The very next verse says, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And so, you know, God God laughs at all of these attempts. We may shudder, we may wonder, we may fret, we shouldn't, but we do because we're human. Uh, But God, never forget, is up there laughing at these Luciferians in their attempts, however complex and, and, and you know, um, amazing they may seem from a human perspective, God's laughing at them because He knows who wins in the end. And, you know, I've told this story before, but it bears repeating because I just want to leave our listeners with some positive encouragement that, you know, in Psalm 2, that's where we read that that God in heaven laughs at those and holds them in derision who think they can break free from His control and take over the world. Uh, when we have six kids and we love theme parks, we we go to theme parks any chance we get through, throughout the country. We've uh, we just love to ride rides and roller coasters and 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 just the whole theme park experience. Well when our kids were younger, I don't even remember which one it was, but one of my girls was riding a ride and, uh, she was riding it with mom. I was off the ride. One of those that spin around a lot and, you know, uh, make you sick. And so I said, I'll sit this one out and I'll take pictures. So I'm sending off the ride. And every time she would come around, I'd try to capture a picture or wave at my daughter. And she was just beside herself, screaming, crying, scared. And, uh, you know, clutching onto her mom. Well, finally, she caught my eye as she was spinning around. And she noticed that I was laughing and cheering and happy and didn't seem the least bit worried. And, you know, from that moment on, she relaxed. She enjoyed the ride. And I know we're spinning out of control, but if you can catch God's eye right now, you would recognize He's not scared of anything. He's got this. He's in control. So, so folks, uh, be encouraged. Amen. Amen. So uh, we'll be back on again tomorrow with Prophecy Night uh, from Plum Creek Chapel. That'll be posted shortly after we finish up tomorrow night. If you'd like to live stream it, go to notbyworks.org and you can live stream our Prophecy Night tomorrow night, or join us in person if you're in the Denver metro area. And as I mentioned, full slate of podcasts this week. Looking forward to some of the great guests that we have on. Shane, thanks again, and uh, we will see you next time. Thank you. God bless everyone. Have a great rest of the week.